This podcast is produced by Northwest Michigan Community Action Agency. The Collective Us, an NMCAA podcast, focuses on inspiring you through stories of those we've helped through our programming or by linking local resources to community members in need. Join us as we learn about the programs offered through NMCAA and how we touch people's lives every day. Welcome back to The Collective Us. I'm Ryan Buck. And I'm Erica Austin. If you're a parent of school-age kids, today we have good news. I'm happy to announce it's officially National Back to School Month. Yes, the time when pool floaties are put back in the shed and the backpacks are pulled out and stuffed with pencils, notebooks, protractor, (laughs) compass... That's right. There's always some excitement around the start of a new school year. So with that in mind, let's introduce today's guest. First, we have Abria Maros, Head Start and GSRP Site Manager with Child and Family Development. Welcome. Thank you very much. And we also have Melanie Cheney, who is a Head Start and GSRP parent, Policy Council Classroom Representative, and NMCAA State Representative for the NMCAA Policy Council. Thank you for being here. Absolutely. We have a lot to cover today, so let's get into it. Both of you are parents. Melanie, you have kids ages two, three, and five and a half, according to your son. Yes. And, Avery, you have kids ages 12, 14, 19, and 23. Is that correct? That is correct. So, as a parent, what does your household look like on that first week back to school? So, the first week back to school, oh my, it is full of all kinds of things, such as excitement, uh Fear. <laughs> excitement. Yeah. You went first with and excitement. Back to excitement. <laughs> yes. You know, everyone just gets so ready to see friends, get back into routines, which is probably more important for parents than it is for the children in some ways. But boy, does it help. I love coming home from work and the house is not as filthy as it <laughs> <is> when <laughs> the children are home during the day. So lots of different emotions, but mostly everyone is just really looking forward to getting back to it. Always something to look forward to in that next year. Same time, it can be a little bit hectic. Yeah. And a little scary, maybe a little bit scary. Sure. Yeah, Yeah, I was gonna say for us, since I don't have the teens yet, you know, just, you know, just going into the school, you know, just getting their toes in the water. Um, Ours is just pure excitement. I mean, it is not even July. And my son constantly asks me how much longer until we get to go back to school. And my daughter asks my husband almost every night, is tomorrow a school night or a home night or oh. a home day? School day or home day? Wow. Um, so they just want they just want to be back at school so badly. But it's it is a little chaotic thinking about what do we need? Do we have everything? You know, what are we bringing the first day of school? What are the classroom expectations and rules? Like that's a lot harder when they're five and four, you know, a lot more to explain. Yeah, I'm really excited. I just got the call back in June that my son was accepted into GSRP for the fall. So I'm really excited. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. So we're excited. But also I have the same things running through my head already. Like, what is he, you know, what's he's going to be excited? I know he is. Mm -hmm. But like, what are the things that we're going to have to take with us? And all those questions that you were just mentioning as well. So these days, I think it's fascinating the things that they have to worry about that we don't have to worry about. A lot of us didn't have to, I guess, 
And that's what gets me. Like there's so much excitement and there's so much that can be done and knowledge that can happen over the summer. And we live in a really cool community. So I, I can see it being a bummer going back to school because the beach is pretty great and all the things <laughs> that we have to do. Yeah. So I am astounded to hear that you have children that are like already. They love school. And so my son, who's the five and a half year old, um, <laughs> he was in the GSRP classroom. His teacher, can I say her name? Her name is Miss Melanie, which is ironically also my name. So that was a little confusing at first. But she was so great. She really did what she could to individualize what they were learning for them. And my son, he is just so eager to learn. And so she would say sometimes we didn't even get through breakfast before Henry asked me what the letter of the day was. Oh my God. Or he'll say, I saw the letter on the board. It's different. <laughs> like, can we talk about it? She's like, I guess class is starting. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Henry. Yeah. Like you have a teacher on your hands. I do. Yep. He's always, always looking. Ellery's my middle. She had head start. She was a little bit different. She, she loves summer and her freedom. I think the excitement comes from Henry and then when she oh. gets to school, then it's like, wait a minute, I don't get to be home and play with my dolls all day. Wait a minute, I have to leave. And, you know, so I think I will get that fear and not fear, but just disappointment once it starts. Yeah. But for now, they're very excited. Very excited. <laughs> awesome. Uh, Abria, you are a site manager and I am very fascinated with day to day. I like big picture and I like good stories, but I like day to day. So what does your role include? What are the, what's a normal day look like for you or an abnormal day? Yeah, well, almost every day starts out with a phone call. So a big part of my job, I always joke about this, is brainstorming, problem solving. Like, what do you do all day? I, I help problem solve. You know, I'm there to support others in that process. So often my day does start out uh, with some type of phone call, maybe a problem, uh, maybe a teacher is not feeling well, (laughs) maybe. (laughs) And so, okay, how are we going to make sure that we're staffing the classroom or maybe the school bus is running late or maybe the milk didn't show up that we need for the meal that day. So that is a big part of my job. With that comes other things like compliancy kinds of things, mm-hmm. making sure that we are compliant. We've got a lot of rules that we have to follow from licensing rules, Head Start rules, Great Start to Quality rules, USDA rules. We've got a lot of rules. So that's a big part of my job is making sure that we've got everything in place. So I worry about that, but not everybody else. I don't want the teachers, I don't want our staff to have to worry about Am I doing this right? Am I checking this right? I try to set that up for them, not just myself. We've got a big team that tries to take care of those things so that we can get that out of the way for What a relief else. for the teachers and the educators to not have to worry about those things. Yeah. Tough for you to deal mm-hmm. with the unenviable task of, let's say, today problems, but you seem to like the problem solving 
or maybe the collaboration that that fosters? I do. I I really do. I like to problem solve. Sometimes I I joke about uh, kind of that paperwork piece. I like getting in and updating policies and procedures. You're both talking about the first day of school and wondering, what what do I need to bring? Well, guess what? We just finished uh, the handbook today (laughs) so that... you will have an idea. Do you of like how a good spreadsheet? Do you oh, like I a good spreadsheet? Absolutely. And Melanie as well. <laughs> I love spreadsheets. I don't. I, that sounds like a very stressful job to me, but I appreciate it because it does allow our teachers to focus on yeah. the students yeah. and not so much if I'm following rules. But yeah, yeah. yeah. does the are summer helpful. slow down for you at all, or the summer is very different? I usually say that's my busy time because we have timelines. We're planning for the whole school year in the summer. So a big piece of my job is planning. So by the end of this week, we have to have all of our stuff, our posts, our required postings, our binders, our handbooks, everything to the printers so that it's ready to go by the time teachers return in the fall. You hear all the the time about teachers prepping in the summer for classes but there's so many more people like yeah. yourself that are really doing a lot of the work, at least in the GSRP Head Start realm, really preparing those, helping those yeah. teachers, supporting those teachers and getting ready. Doesn't stop. So it doesn't stop. That's amazing. So we have been in the last few episodes taking some time to recognize NMCAA employees with milestone career achievements. And so we have several employees in the month of August celebrating over 20 years with NMCAA. In fact, all of them have been or are currently in our child and family development department, which is fantastic um, and fitting for this episode. And the first is actually you, Abria. Um, Thank you. (laughs) 24 years with Adam CAA. Congratulations. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And so I just want to mention the other ones real quick here and then we'll move on. So Elizabeth Dykraff and Trisha Scheman, both celebrating 20 years. Evelyn Herdening is 22 years. Stacy Parent, 23 mm. years. Drew O'Connor, who has been on our podcast, 28 years. And last but not least is Sheila Nash, who was in the department, and but she is now with our food programs. She's actually celebrating 32 years with NMCAA. The longevity is continuing <laughs> as a thread in this the last couple yeah, episodes. This is amazing. So fantastic to see. And it's really encouraging as an employee who's I've only been here, you know, less than less than a year. So it's really encouraging. Yeah. I mean, knowing that you have people with that kind of longevity and, and you can have the confidence in an organization. I don't know that that says something to me, like how long because I'll ask, I'll ask somebody yeah. like, how long has your longest standing employee been here sometimes? Yeah, it's hard work, but it is the most rewarding work. It is where I want to be. It's where I should be. I don't want to be anywhere else. So you seem a little bit well prepared for this because you've got a bachelor's of science in early childhood and human services. Good fit. So what was the what was the plan and how did you get here? So I have been interested in early childhood for a very long time. My brother was in the Head Start program. <laughs> Very Another jealous. connection, another Very like jealous. family 
connection. Yes. This is popping up a lot. He as a child, yes. Wow. Yep. He was a student in the program. That's awesome. How old were you when he was I'm just curious because you shared this story with me. I'm and I was curious. Um so I must have been five. I'm thinking he may have been four. Okay. uh, And so I was probably five. Okay. But I remember so much about that experience, hopping on the big school bus with him. His school bus driver's name was Cindy. I mean, it was that <laughs> wow. Yeah, I remember that. Um, I remember what the building looked like. I remember eating snacks. So they had green grapes. And I had never had green grapes before. I didn't know that they even existed. And I was just in awe of this experience. And truly, so five or six years old, I thought, I need to do this. That's what I want to do. Even in college, that's what any internship or any experience that I could have, any paper that I was writing, it was about head start. I mean, it really was impactful. It is, it's such a great program, and I'm so appreciative for it. Isn't that amazing how a program can impact such a truly was like your life, (laughs) your your life's work. Like I'm doing this and that's what you're doing. If I can insert really quick there. So I'm a part of the policy council and we go to this assembly four times a year. And just to what she was speaking to about how powerful this program is, there are people at those assemblies who are policy council members and representatives who went to Head Start themselves and just continue. I think at one table, there was like over a hundred plus years of Head Start just being involved with Head Start in one capacity or another. I mean, it it's, it's my joke that once you get in, you don't get out. But it's because, <laughs> yeah. why would really. you? Why would you? It well, is so rewarding. Not a bad place to be tied to. And the laser focus. Yeah. Right. You know, I a lot of stories, it's like, well, I went to college for zoology. <laughs> and, you know, somebody rubbed me the wrong way. And we, you know, but you were just focused. And this was, let alone Cindy, the bus driver, something yeah, that yeah. you really wanted to do. And now that you're here, would you have given yourself that same advice or would you have pursued something sooner or faster? Yeah, no, absolutely. This is where this is where I should be. I am so, so thankful for it. I've always, you know, loved babies. <laughs> and, you know, once I realized what I could be and, and how I could do that, then then I just went for it. I thought I would be a preschool teacher and I did spend some time in the classroom And then when I moved north, then a family services worker position was open, which is more of the supportive family role. Mm -hmm. So I took that and then I just kind of worked my way around into the agency. And I just I just love it. Yeah, that's awesome. So, Melanie, you talked about the Policy Council. So I'm still learning. I just said I've only been here less than a year. So I hear talk of the Policy Council meetings with other employees at our office. But I don't know that I know exactly what that is. So can you give us a basic understanding of what Policy Council is and what they do? I will do my best. But I have a very, (laughs) you know, she's got a lot of knowledge. But so Policy Council is one of three branches that helps make decisions regarding GSRP in this instance for NMCAA, for GSRP and Head Start. Policy Council, our job is really to look at what is on the table, whether that is how to spend the extra budget and where that goes, or 
for instance, I know this was well going on four years ago now, but COVID and what our response looks like to that. We, I don't know if it's recent, but we have a health and safety committee that gets together and discusses what those policies look like for Head Start. And we discuss, we vote, and we really kind of just guide Head Start and GSRP for our local 10 counties. Is that correct? Yeah. 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 And then the other two parts, which are, you know, we all balance and check each other is the board. They make a lot of more of the financial decisions. And then those decisions come to policy council and we say, yep, sounds great. And vice versa. If we have an idea, I believe last year we voted to take the extra funds and distribute them to the teachers as a bonus. So that's something that we all do collaboratively together. Um, We all have to kind of come together and agree. Um, The third branch would be the managers, right? Management. Yeah, so there is, yes, you've got that exactly right. We've got our, our board, we've got the policy council, and then we've got everyone else that works here. Yeah. So the board is a board just for child and family development? It's the NMCAA board. Oh, okay. And then we have policy oh, yeah. council. Okay. Okay. But the policy council, I guess the policy council is almost like a child and family development board. Absolutely. It is, yes. Okay. It is made up of, there's employees that are there as well listening, but 51% of the policy council has to be made up of parents of current students. Okay. So I served on the policy council last year as my child Ellery's representative for her classroom. And then all of those parents for each classroom, that's the idea, come together for policy council and really... The parents are the ones deciding, hey, we have this bus policy and it is kind of, you know, there's kids that can't get to school, but our policy says buses aren't safe for this age yet. What do we think? Is it more important to have the kids at school and reaching those families or is the bus concern really that much of a safety? And then parents from all the different classrooms get to vote on that and decide what they personally believe. They do ask when you join policy council you consider the program as a whole. You consider everyone's families, everyone's kids, mm-hmm. not just your own classroom. Yeah. And I I have no problem doing that. If they closed my classroom, I would cry for days. But if it was best for the program, this program is just so amazing. Yeah. I can't. And you, so you have to work, you know, cross, I don't even know what you'd call that, you know, with the board and with these different entities. And it could be some pretty heady topics or it could be, what brand of cookie to serve at lunch? So do you have to you have to pivot a lot. Do you find that that's exciting in this work as as a parent and who has a lot vested in this? So as a parent, I it's not necessarily that I find it exciting. I just find it incredibly important. And so whether it is the brand of cookie that they're serving or the sickness policy, it does like the cookie thing seems really kind of frivolous but at the end of the day my son's best friend has a soy allergy and soy isn't everything and he can't eat half of what the class eats and that's sad to me you know and I think about it from the perspective of my daughter who's three and if she can't have that same cookie that all her friends are having or I know red dye can be kind of this controversial topic for parents Mm -hmm. I have no problem saying, hey, okay, let's take red dye out because 
that makes somebody else's experience that much better without mm-hmm. taking away from my child's experience. Yeah. Um, but yeah, big or small, for me, it it's important because it is 100% all about their experience. Every yeah. every decision matters. Yeah. yeah, that's incredible. And Melanie, in your introduction, we also stated you're an NMCA state representative for the NMCA Policy Council. And I'm really fascinated by that. Can you can you talk about what that means and, and how you interact there? Sure. So we just discussed that there's there should be one parent from each classroom representing in policy council. From that group, they choose two state representatives and two alternatives. We take on the responsibility and agree to go to, I call them conferences. I think they call them assemblies. Four conferences a year, spring, summer, fall, and winter. Mm-hmm. And... Honestly, they are so educational. I have loved going. That's why I said it was been an honor and a privilege to be a part of that. It is free for me to go. You know, I have to get myself there and make sure I have child childcare, but it's paid for. And it is that. It is a conference. They have keynote speakers. We split off into little groups. They have parent workshops. I have loved every single parent workshop. Mm-hmm. And they're giving you things that you can bring back Tools. and that you can the point is that share and implement. Yes. Yeah. You gain that knowledge there at the state assembly. And then you come back to your personal policy council. So for us, that's 10 counties. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And during our policy council meeting, I and the other representatives get to kind of share and explain what happened and give that knowledge to all the other parents. Yeah. I love, I love being that I'm, a little disappointed that I don't get to do it again this coming year, but my youngest, he'll grow up, he'll be in Head Start. And Can so you attend as, a, as as the public? Do they do a like a you know ticketed thing or online stuff? I, I believe so. Maybe virtual? Yeah, yeah. We do have uh, what's called a community representative. So that could be a parent that is no longer in the program, or it could be anyone yeah. out in the community. Does it stay, you know, pretty nice? Everybody behave themselves? I mean, because you, you can have some pretty heavy topics. You know, we just look at the discourse on cookies. Yeah. <laughs> I made just like a, a, a flippant comment, but yeah. it's a really good point. It so is. like, it, does this tend to draw people who can stay focused or do you have to kind of, you know, s- filter out, you know, when people get dramatic or aggressive? I, uh, it's like any other place. You definitely have to filter out. I mean, there's parents who, and I'm speaking specifically to the parents who are at these mm-hmm. workshops. Nobody is there that doesn't want to be there, right? Like you have to, I call it like voluntold. You can volunteer <laughs> yourself, but other people can voluntold. voluntold. That's so great. like I nominate Erica to be, you know, and then you can say no, right? But I, I did volunteer to do it myself but there's it is those conferences do get very heated so the previous one that we just went to was all on advocacy which was fantastic speaking to being you are your child's greatest advocate no matter what situation you're looking at in the classroom or at the governmental state level talking to your state representatives about those important matters that one went pretty well. But the one before that, they talked, there was a lot of racial undertones because the topic that they were discussing was civil conversations and being able to talk to somebody who has a completely different point of view than you do. And the two men who spoke, they were wonderful. 
They have completely different life experiences and different points of view. However, they consider themselves friends and they know each other's families and they attend each other's family events. And that is what they do. They travel teaching people how to see past somebody's maybe extreme point of view. They have a lot of practice doing that. They're (laughs) teaching us their tools, which is wonderful. Mm -hmm. But the parents in that particular note don't have those tools. So when you go into the parent workshop, it got pretty heated. But that's, I mean, it's just part of So you needed to use those drink tickets for the reception that night pretty, pretty fast after I that session. I had to implement the tools really quickly. Oh, you did. Yes. You know, well, just you like, know, civility, okay. that's all right. You know, well, let's just be civil. And civil. that's so what that's they were talking concept, about yeah. was, you know, you don't know where somebody else comes from. You don't know why they hold that belief. And until right. you get to know them and you yeah. can be civil and talk to them and hear their story. I feel like in today's day and age, that's everyone could use those tools yes. <laughs> so much. So... Avery, do you have anything to add regarding policy council or the state uh, NMCA state representative assemblies or anything like that? Yeah. So one of the things that's slightly unique for our policy council is that policy council is a head start requirement. We have to have policy council, but we have some classrooms that are part head start, part GSRP, just uh, the funding is a little bit more blended. Therefore, In some other programs, they might say Head Start Policy Council, but like Melanie was saying, we do have some GSRP representation uh, in the Policy Council. Not a requirement, but it's absolutely wonderful to have all voices. And just listening to you, Melanie, talk about what you gain from those conferences, that's what I love about being a staff person and a parent as well, because we're in the same sessions. Mm -hmm. And we learn just as much and we can take those things home Mm -hmm. and use those tools and strategies ourselves. And I wanted to say, Ryan, you asked if it was something that the public could attend. The assemblies or the conferences, I'm not sure that that is doable. But however, a lot of the parent workshops that we've been attending are done through MSU and their extension program. And that is available to all parents. So hop on your computer, look it up. I can't currently remember her name, but um, she has done at least two of the parent workshops during those conferences and phenomenal. Amazing. It's nice to know just because if somebody wants to feel to do something to be involved, if they can't, you know, Mm -hmm. even if it's just access to something online to be a little bit more informed, then that's Mm -hmm. that first step. And then they can. And I, I love that. I mean, I've even suggested to my husband that he goes on and checks out those extensions. You volunteered him? I don't don't tell him, but I severely. It's the last one we were at. It was dealing with anger in your kids. And I know that throughout my friend group, that's a big struggle. I know specifically my husband and I, we weren't taught how to deal with our anger. We were just taught that's disrespectful and you don't get angry. Mm -hmm. And now here we are. I love Head Start and the way they deal with GSRP2 emotions and feeling those and working through that. And this workshop that I went to, she explained essentially child psychology, not psychology, how their brain works and what steps they have to learn how to do before they can have that self-control to stop screaming at you, to not have those blow ups. And it changes 
the way you view every tantrum because you're like, oh, okay, we can't self-regulate yet because you don't have the ability to stop yourself. So it makes it easier. Like, I know that you're not doing this to get at me. I realize that you're in this developmental stage and we will get out of it. It's just going to take time. Yeah, that's that's important. So Melanie, you also mentioned in your bio to me prior to today that you hoped for a future opportunity to be a member of NMCAA's board. So what does it mean to you to be able to serve in that capacity and what makes you feel so passionate about NMCAA? I, so brief background, I got married in 2016. We moved up here, just my husband and I, we don't have any really family around. We didn't have any supports. Our intention was to wait to have kids a few years, but my husband's mom unexpectedly passed away of a brain aneurysm. And that just very quickly changed our priorities Mm -hmm. and our timeline. She was only 46 and that was just kind of a scary moment. So we decided that we would start to try and have kids and we had our beautiful son, Henry. We did want more. Maybe not quite as quickly as that happened, but that is okay. (laughs) And I did not know it with my first and I did not know with my second. By the time I got to my third, I felt like I was drowning in my own house. I could not keep up with anything. I was so disorganized. I was leaving the house without diapers, without wipes, without extra clothes. I mean, it was chaotic. It was absolutely insane. And I was losing my mind. I then, you know, talked to people. I sought out a diagnosis for ADHD. They were like, definitely. And having my kids finally being ready to go to school, they have helped me as a parent, not just my kids. My kids love their teachers. They love their classroom. They love what they're learning. But I matter in that classroom, right? Mm-hmm. And I matter in policy council. Policy Council was really the first thing I had outside of my home to go meet people, to talk with other parents, to feel like I was making a difference, but making a difference as a mom, which is right now my biggest job, right? And it's my forever job. I never get to not be a mom. Yeah. And so I was pretty disappointed. They asked if Ellery was going to be in Head Start again. And I was like, you know, we're, we're kind of thinking more towards GSRP. Her best friend is going there. My daughter doesn't do the best with change. So I thought changing the teacher this year so she knows that it's going to change every year. But that meant I couldn't be in policy council anymore. That meant I couldn't be the state representative and go to those assemblies. And so when Shannon approached me and asked if I would consider being a part of the board and that they had a position open... I really just really wanted to stay involved. I wanted to continue to make that difference, not just for my kids, but for every future kid and every future mom who needs this program, right? I I knew I wasn't giving my kids everything that they needed. I knew that Henry wanted that education more and more and more. Mm-hmm. And I was in a place drowning and I couldn't, facilitate that for him. But GSRP did and could and Head Start did and could. And I don't know where we would be without them. So being able to serve on the board is a pleasure for me. 
takes up so much little, so little of my time. And I think it has such a big reward to give back to the community. Yeah. Your story is so impactful. I love that, you know. Well, yeah. And and you went from maybe worried about how solid the kids were going to be to what day is it in summer? And they are looking forward to going back to school. Yeah. Yeah. So that's tangible success and a lot of fun. But knowing that you're doing meaningful work is impactful. But do your kids keep you in check? Are they like, hey, mom, can you make something happen for me? You know what I mean? Are they starting to like finding ways to use your influence in school? Or are they, you know, because it sounds like the five and a half year old. <laughs> An extra string cheese. <laughs> yeah. You know, or, no, they don't. Do no, they keep I you honest? That. Like, because that's your little board, right? That's that's the board that you have to re- report to. <laughs> yeah. Right. right. No, they, you know, I will tell them that I'm going to go. I'm going to go to a meeting. It's for Ellery's school. You know, I kind of explained it that way. And Henry, I don't think Henry could care less. He's just like, (laughs) bye, mom. Have a good time. Um, And Ellery is always like, do you get to see my teacher? No, I don't get to see your teacher. You know, no, they're they're funny. I I do try to let them know the importance of what I'm doing, though, because I do have to drop them off, you know, at the sitter and for the assemblies, I'm gone for three days. And so we do, we do talk about it and about how, you know, this is important and mom's going to go learn. That's what I tell them when I go to the conferences. Mama has this thing and I really want to go learn some more things. So I like putting it that way because it's more of a lifelong education. Yeah. Kind and of I think thing. it's probably good for them to see, you know, yeah. mom still learns, you know, like adults can still learn. Yeah. And you're demonstrating that, but they're seeing the benefits to them and a the community and their peers too. Right. Which, you know, hopefully I, I bet they're quite proud. Yeah. Ellery did ask me when I explained it, if I could change the blanket and stuffy rule. So a GSRP (laughs) from COVID. Now we got it. See, that's what I was looking for. A little bit of... No, honey. Like, (laughs) that's to keep everybody safe, okay? (laughs) They, Uh, yeah. Avria, when we had Drew on in episode four, Mm -hmm. call back to episode four, (laughs) she'd mentioned the need for teachers and classroom assistants. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. and this is, you know, coming up. and, and, And we're seeing how important a teacher can be and how important, obviously, somebody on the board can be and just a parent, an involved parent can be. But if somebody's inspired and wants to be officially on the journey to, you know, to be a part, how could anybody find out more about applying knowledge about a role with NMCA in this capacity? Yeah. Well, I just want to say that parents are the crux of our program. You can hear Melanie's passion. We we always say we focus on the whole child. And when we say that, we mean not just the child, but the whole family. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're here for. And so we prioritize hiring parents. And Highly recommend. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so if any parent or anyone else is interested in a position with NMCAA, you can visit our website, www.nmcaa.net, and uh, we have a tab for employment, and it will give you all of our job postings, uh, not just for the Head Start program, but for the whole agency, job description, credentials, everything right there, but love to see more and more parents Yes. Speaking to the credentials, speaking to the parents out there, don't 
be concerned with the credentials. Head Start has so many great opportunities for you, and they will support you the entire way. You do not have to have those credentials in this moment right now to apply. They will help you get them. They will help you get to that place. They want you to succeed. So don't let that fear stop you. Yeah, I believe Drew mentioned that Mm -hmm. in the past episode as well. Well, and Policy Council is the group that approves different waivers that we might have. So it's Mm -hmm. it's a team effort. Thanks, Melanie. Yeah, (laughs) it's important to me too. Yeah. Well, is there, you know, we talk about barriers and, and, you know, I do sometimes in regards to the show and listeners think about the thing that can maybe push somebody towards action. So what are, what are the things that can make somebody who's close to considering involvement? What, what are things that you can assuage some fears? Like you talked about credentials, you know, it's real people, you know, it's very accessible. Are there ways to maybe kind of dip in without, you know, being a part or seeing, you know, some, some of these sessions online, something like that? Yeah. So one of the things that I would say is we have some volunteer opportunities. So we we love for visitors to come into our classrooms, you know, take a look, talk to us, read a book to a child. Often that can be very motivating. But if we can have a conversation with you, we can look at where you're at. And, you know, maybe you are just fresh out of high school. That mm-hmm. is fantastic. Like Melanie said, we have all kinds of opportunities for them to um, reach that next level, whatever that may be. And if you're not sure that you want to be a teacher or an assistant teacher, they have just like classroom assistants. I don't know what their title is. We have classroom aides, which is a position where they're not working quite as closely with the children. It's a little bit more focused on mealtime, giving teachers breaks, but they can be as involved with the children Mm -hmm. as they as they want to be. We've got lots of positions from home visiting type positions to being a lead teacher, positions like mine. So please, please, please go to the website, look us up, and we'd be happy to talk to you about what your final goal is. And we will work with you the best we can to get you there. And I love that classroom aid position because I do really think that's exactly what you're talking about with dipping your toes mm-hmm. in the water. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you just get to be in the classroom. You get to be with the the students, but you're not in charge, you know, like you've got your teachers there supporting you. And I mean, I know personally one that has gone from classroom aid all the way up to having her own. She just got her own classroom and she loves and adores it. You just don't really know how much you can handle until you're there. And reading a book to a child. Like when when is that a bad part of your day? Yeah, right. You know, try subbing as well. We're always looking for subs. Uh, I think that's that's a good point because individuals can sub if they have certain expertise. And and there are other, like you said, credentials maybe, but look into it if you want to be a part or you want to give. The website's a great way to start to just find a way and maybe talk to somebody else who's volunteered or or also works with NMCA in that capacity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I just have to, again, I know when Drew was on with Jen, I gave the kudos to all the teachers. I, the people, all of the people in the classrooms, the, the aides, the assistants, the teachers, having one four-year-old at home, <sighs> I know how chaotic it can be. I'm sure you do too. And all of you, both, both, all, everyone here has, is a parent. And, you know, it's just 
chaos. And so <laughs> yeah. sometimes you just have to be like, huh, but there's Why like do you 16? want 30 of these? Yes. <laughs> I think Drew said 16 or something mm-hmm. in most yes. classrooms. And so it's like, oh my gosh, I can't imagine. Yeah. So kudos to all the teachers out there and all the aides 1, and keeping them just, you know, learning and having a great day and all that stuff. So, so again, we're all parents here. So I'm curious as our new school year is approaching, what are each of us excited about in the upcoming school year? Cause I know we all have kids still in the, you know, hmm. K to 12 mm-hmm. <laughs> age group. I guess mine's not even in K, but well, I'll go first since I'll give you a minute to think. I'm just excited. Obviously I just mentioned my son just got into GSRP for the first, first time. He's my firstborn. So I'm just so excited to, to finally start being involved in the community mm-hmm. um, in that school capacity. That's something that I've always looked forward to. Growing up, I enjoyed being in school and being in that school community. And I am so excited to see how much he grows from the fall to the spring. And just like, I'm sure he's just going to do like a fantastic thrive, you know, thrive in all the things. But I'm so excited about just his first day of school and, and being there. So... Anyone you want to go first or after me? Um, you know what? If I'm about to have two teenagers, Ooh. and see, I I'm kind of excited, yeah. to be honest. It's been a good journey, and I think it's just getting easier, and I'm watching their confidence grow. Yeah. So, this is fun. We're having more kind of like not adult themed conversation, but similar conversations, and they're becoming more people. So, yeah, I'm um, maybe a historic first. I'm excited for two teenagers. That's cool. I'd say it's a historic first. (laughs) I love being a part of the community. And so I look forward to the band concerts and the the sporting events and seeing everybody out there rooting for for kids. I I just absolutely love that. My children having lunch at school is a bonus. <laughs> I hear all the time, what's for lunch? What's for dinner? So I'm, I'm also hungry. really excited about that. Yeah. yeah oh I don't know. Gosh. That doesn't end? You're telling me that doesn't no, end? No, it does not end. So school lunch, yay. <laughs> so as much as I love being involved in the community, which I, I do, and honestly, that's GSRP and Head Start really did that for me. I'm going to be honest and say I'm really excited for some peace and quiet. Um, with the three being not even three years apart, my youngest was born a week before my oldest turned three. Oh my goodness. Wow. I, I mean, I'm, I'm, don't get me wrong. I'm very excited about their growth too. This was Ellery's first year and to see where she started and where she is now is amazing. And to see what Henry used, I mean, he's reading words, not every word, but he's reading some Mm -hmm. words on his own. And that is incredible. Amazing. So I am excited for that. But really, I'm just very excited. They're loud. They're chaotic. (laughs) And it's not bad. It's just kids being kids. But we have a very small house. And I love the social events, too. We've been trying to do, you know, we did the art fair this first year, um, took the kids to it. But there's three of them. And they're five, not quite four, into two. And trying to wrangle that chaos in a chaotic setting is just not my cup of tea so i'm kind of excited for them to be able to go have their own place and space because i can see that summer you know like they're on top of each other they don't have places to go yeah spend some time alone and 
when one does want to spend time alone, the other one is like, play with me, play with me, play with me, please. Yeah. And so I'm just, that's what I'm excited for. I, I do hear you there. I'm, you know, I, I she don't. She makes a good point. We talk a lot about action and we yeah. talk a lot about big things and big ideas, but a little peace and quiet is great too. A little calm. Self-care. Yeah. 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 Just being able, you know, I really made some headway on my house and like, taking care of clothes that were too small and yes. organizing clothes that are too big. And just those things that parents have to do with what time, Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. and you. having two in school, I still have my youngest at home, but he naps for two hours a day. Fantastic. Um, <laughs> you got some things done. I got some stuff done, you know, and now we're how far into summer and I'm like ah, drowning, you know, because things are just piling up again. I just, for me and, for my family, it's more important that we take the time to go to the beach and to go to this other stuff. Mm-hmm. And those things all kind of fall to the wayside. So yeah, looking forward to trying to get that kind of stuff back under control yeah. too. But I am privileged to be a stay-at-home parent. So for all of those working parents out there, I respect you. <laughs> yeah. If somebody were interested in reaching out regarding services at NMCA, how would they do that? Yeah, really the best way probably, again, is our website, Mm -hmm. but we also have other forms of social media like Facebook, for example. We also have a 1-800 number, so we're 10 counties, 1-800-632-7334. Just give us a call and we will get you in the right direction if you want to apply for a job or if you want to enroll your child in a program. Our website and that phone number will get you in the right direction. Yeah, we've got Facebook. And are you liking the interactivity on on, on Facebook? Is there a hashtag that you're using lately? Anything fun? I personally am not. (laughs) (laughs) But Erica might. Uh, (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's right. We do have a new new page out for our child and family development on Facebook. It's right now, we're still considering if the name, I believe, is going to be changed. But right now, it's Child and Family Development of NMCAA. So you can go like that page for all the updates on okay, child and family press. development. And so we're we're just kind of soft launching that page right at the moment. But yeah, and then also you mentioned enrolling your child. There's pre-application. Is that what we're calling There's it? There's a pre-application yes. on our yep. website. Yep. And is it available on that page? Or uh, sure I believe yet. there is a link right at the top of the Facebook page that says contact us or something, something along those lines that you can just click the button. And it'll take you right to the pre-application. So yeah. Before we wrap things up today, both of you are welcome to answer this question. If you had one wish for Child and Family Development Department of NMCAA, what would it be and why? Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> are you considering, does it, it, it ha- maybe a practical wish? We never really yeah. say. It, do, it, it doesn't have to be a magical wish. Maybe something be... semi-practical, but wish-based. Yeah. Or I mean, mine is practical and not. Like, it is definitely out there. I would love it if we would get the budget for the entire program that has been asked. That was another really big part of that last conference that we went to. And, you know, the kind of problem that we're having right now is we do have a lack of teachers and we do have a lack of staffing. But because we also have a lack of funding, it's a it's a vicious cycle. And if we could get that funding and really have the monetary amount that we need, I think it would be so much easier to get that staffing here and then we would be able to reach out to more families and more kids and really fill the classrooms and fill those spaces so unrealistic but practical i would that's what i would love if i had one wish 
Yeah, I agree with that. For that that practical piece, we really need the staff. So please, please, please reach out to us. And, you know, it, it, it all comes down to wanting everyone to feel loved, accepted, want everyone to just, I want everyone to have that sense of kindness. And so I guess that would be... I'm going to I'm going to add on to this because I actually have a wish for for preschool head start GSRP. I wish that all students, all all kids preschool age could go to preschool. I agree. I agree. I think it's such a great opportunity and I probably have said this before, I don't yeah. remember, but I just feel like it's such a great opportunity and at that age they're learning so much and having the opportunity to be social um, with kids their age and learning. It's such a great environment. And I just feel like that's something I wish that we could have all three and four year olds in school. I don't want to push, you know, them into school too early, but I just feel like it's an opportunity that they should have. I I, I 100% agree. We have friends and we were privileged enough to, I say privileged enough, but we were able to be into Head Start and GSRP and they weren't just the cutoff, you know, Yep. and the difference between our boys, our oldest, are four days apart. And the difference now between my son and their son is vast. And Henry had the opportunity to go to GSRP and his friend didn't. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. I 100% uh, that would be yeah. ideal. <laughs> I said on the last podcast, unfortunately, but also fortunately for my family, we didn't get into Head Start last year. And so I, so yes. I know exactly what you're talking about. Like, I wish he could have. But we didn't because we weren't we didn't we weren't eligible. So correct. Yeah, it's such an important time in a child's development. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. not untenable wishes again. I think. Yeah, yeah. Good wishes. Yes. <laughs> Abria and Melanie, thank you both so much for joining us today. This was so fulfilling and so thrilling, and there was such great knowledge and really great stories told. So thank you for taking the time to be with us here today. Truly. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Our thank pleasure. you. Don't forget, we'd like to share your community stories regarding NMCAA, Head Start, GSRP, or our zero to three early childhood development program. If you have a story you'd like to share about how NMCAA has impacted your life, please send us an email at collectiveuspodcast at nmcaa.net. And if you've enjoyed today's podcast, please hit like, follow, share. All those buttons truly help us continue to get the word out on all the good that NMCAA does in our community. If you'd like to learn more about Northwest Michigan Community Action Agency or the programs we offer or would like to make a donation, we encourage you to reach out at 231-947-3780 or visit our website, nmcaa.net. And to our listeners today, we encourage you to continue to strive each day to do something to help yourself or your neighbors. <laughs>